always makes me laugh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not doing it for that long this time. Hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show broadcasting live in Cinecolor. I am very, but, but more like, more like sicky color. Uh, oh I'm God. fucked up right now. I'm sick as hell. In case you couldn't tell. She took like 30 pseudofeds. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All wow. right. We're, um... <laughs> We're back. Hey, <laughs> to the... talk about. It's a Christmas episode, guys. It is. Uh, late. It wouldn't have been late if I fucking was on my shit, but I wasn't. So it's late. Merry Christmas and New Year's. Happy Holidays. We're discussing the Green Knight. Whoa! Okay. Going Ooh. crazy right now. Yeah. Fucking going nuts. So. <laughs> so ready to, dis- <laughs> to discuss this movie. So. For starters, we were like, we should watch something that's not so mainstream, as it were. This was distributed by A24. Yeah. (laughs) Which is like basically mainstream now. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, I kind of want to watch something less mainstream. Let's watch Jaws. (laughs) Listen, man. It It was also, I was like. I don't know. I, I this wasn't it. originally what I meant by it, but then we were like, why not the Green Knight? I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. Fuck it. It's a great movie. And so here we are. And it works. I didn't know that it was a Christmas movie. You didn't? Oh, I wait. Had no you, idea. I forgot. You, you. This is your first time watching it? Yeah. Yeah. I totally and, uh, forgot. what an that. experience that was. <laughs> oh, boy, was it. Yeah. Uh, here, to set the tone for this episode... I'm going to go back and go to our DMs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to read to the people my my live my live tweeting to to Iggy about the movie when I was watching it. Um, <laughs> and uh, how how things progressed as I was watching it. So I I started the movie kind of early at like, I don't know, noon or something. Yeah, you watched it in the middle of the day, and I feel like that's maybe the worst time to watch it. I was completely alone on Christmas. I had nothing (laughs) else to do. Jesus. Um, So it started. This, I know this was when, in the movie, Garwin, apparently, is his name. Gowan. It's spelled Gawain. Um. (laughs) He decapitates the Green Knight, and that's where my that's where my messages to Ignacio started. I was no, like, "Bro, d- you, I didn't realize it was that early, dude." Yeah, what? The yeah, hell? I thought you were way further in. No, no, I said that when he decapitated the knight, and I said, "Bro, is Gawain stupid?" <laughs> because the Green Knight comes in and he says, "Hey, uh, one of your knights can fight me, and the deal is that in a year, whatever he does to me, I do to him." And then we leave his friends. Yeah. Uh, and it, he says, whether it's a nick on the cheek or like a blade through the stomach or whatever the fuck, right? Or yeah. like a blade to the throat. So Gawain could have just nicked him on the cheek, but he cuts his whole fucking head off. I And so I was like, yeah, that rocks. <laughs> Gawain is 
Okay, so the thing is, is that Gowan isn't, it's not that he's stupid. It's that he has something to prove. Because right before that, the conversation he's having with his uncle, the most famous man in the world at that time. Right. Is, what is your story? And Gowan is, I don't have one. I have nothing to tell. I have no purpose to my name. And so his mom fixes that. Shouts out to shouts out to moms everywhere. <laughs> shouts out to witch mobs. That's right. It's true. Magic is real, um, guys. Yeah. Big if true. Um, <laughs> Big if true. Jesus. And uh, I do get that, but it just is very funny because if it was me, I'd be like, "All right, I'll just fucking nick him on the cheek." Like, fuck, I got the wrong. That that's for. the wrong thing to do, anyways. I know. I know. Like, well, this no, that's why I'm not. I'm not Garwin. <laughs> yeah. Like, I am a coward. <laughs> yeah, I, I that's the thesis statement of the movie. <laughs> so, Learning to not be a coward. Learning to embrace about bravery. 20 minutes after that, my <laughs> yeah. next message. Barry Keona's in this? <laughs> Wait, that's how you say because, his name? Yeah, oh, that's how you say it. Keona. Oh, I always I always say Keogun. He's Irish. I, I've heard it I've heard it pronounced Keon. That's how I hear people say it. I don't, I don't know. know how I haven't heard him say it, so that's fair. Keegan. Ugh, he get Michael Berry. Um, no. And yeah, and then these next ones are about so funny. <laughs> an hour just... later, he didn't respond to this yet. So I was this is all without him responding. I was, yeah, asleep. he was asleep. And about an hour after Barry Kyoto's in this, yo, not the cum shot on the fucking magic green rag. <laughs> and and what's funny is I start responding here and I do not acknowledge that. Ignores that completely. Yeah, he's like. Yeah, you know, he plays a piece of shit in response to Barry, and he goes, uh, no, that'll come later in response to Garwin being stupid. And I'm like, you're not going to react to the cum shot? There was a cum shot. He goes, no, why? why? (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know, man. I just wasn't expecting a fat load in this movie. Yeah, and I'm like... it wasn't surprising to him, because apparently sexual repression is uh, pretty common in myths like this. Yeah. And I was like, sure, man, but... I'm new that to all of this. It doesn't mean it's okay. common for movies to just flash me a cum shot. Yeah, rocks. You know, like I got the point of the scene, but I wasn't expecting the camera to then cut to a close up of the rag covered in jizz. It's a uh... <laughs> nice. <It's... laughs> um... I can feel that that's that's such a struggle for you to hit that. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah. Um but right, so let's let's kick it from the top. Wait, for people that don't know, every time Ruby hits that, it she's actually walking away to a drum set to make it live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do it the exact same way and cut every it exactly time. the same every time. Yeah, it's honestly impressive. This is me speaking out loud. This is my voice. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, oh my god. This is me and all my friends in the background. Hold on, let me get them. Guys. All right, ready? <laughs> It's honestly impressive. Whoa. Whoa, guys. Calm, calm, Ruby's friends, calm down. <laughs> I like that at the end. There's a guy going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a dude coughing at the end. It's great. Uh, this is my actual piano set that I have here. Hold on. <laughs> and this is my, my actual synth, like MIDI synth machine. I have a, I have a, it's, it's, you know, 
It's what crazy. are they called when you have like a like a virtual version of an instrument? Synth, like, like a drum machine. Yeah, but, yeah I mean, so, I okay, synth. Okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, I say synth, and I think wee 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 or whatever. The synth, but yeah, like, that's a what? A different type of synth. Yeah, yeah. And I, this is me dragging my, my computer all the way to Fenway, so. all the way to Fenway Park. Fenway Park. You could, that's you the only baseball field closer, I know. A closer nope. goal. Uh, that's the only one I know. I don't know. Fucking Marlin Stadium. <laughs> yeah, they play that there. Do they? Fenway. I've oh, never been. Go on, I don't go to downtown Miami. I avoid it like the plague. Yeah. I've never been. I've Okay. Obviously. Baseball. <laughs> baseball. Baseball. Bullying? It's cold. What? I'm cold. Where? Oh yeah, me too. I'm freezing, but it's because I have chills because I'm sick. Yeah, I'm 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 cold because last night it hit the high 30s outside. I love winter. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. By the way, guys, uh, fun fact: Arizona's a desert mostly, so it gets really cold and really hot all the time. It's fun. That's the worst. It's cool. It's cold at night, right? Yeah. It it drops pretty low. That's crazy. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> um okay, so Yeah. Anyways, back to the Green Knight. The, the movie is is based on the Arthurian legend of the Green of Sir 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 Gawain. Sir Garwin. Sir It's spelled G A W A I N. I don't really care. I thought it was Gawain. No, it's Gawain. It's they say Garwin though. That's because they're that's because of their accent, but it's Gowan. Yeah. Gowan. Yeah, Gowan. Sir Gowan and the Green Knight. Wherein the titular Sir Gowan uh is the nephew of King Arthur, like the dude who pulled the sword out of the rock or whatever. It was a it was not and a rock. It was What he, was it, dude? He pulled the sword out of a lake and that blessed him. It was blessed. I thought it was pulling the sword from the stone. What the fuck you mean? No. What? Yeah. So where the fuck does the sword and the stone thing come from? That's a separate thing. Excalibur what? is the sword. It's two different swords? Yes. Disney just what? combined the two. Yeah. Okay, so explain this to me. Excalibur is pulled from a lake because it's it's blessed by the Lady of the Lake, which I'm pretty sure is the lady we meet later in the film. Uh, right. Whatever her name is. I can't remember. Something with an M. Winifred. Yeah, something with a W is what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the uh, sword in the stone, I believe, is totally different. It's a separate thing. That's weird. Anyway, yeah. So Inga the guy who pulled the <laughs> sorry. The guy who pulled the fucking sword from the lake. Jesus. Yeah. Um his nephew, who's a little loser who does nothing. He's he's a fail son. It's ro- it rocks. He is. That's why literally. I I am I, I empathized with him a lot. Same. <laughs> he pulls up to the round table or whatever because it's Christmas. You know he's got his he's got his little girlfriend who would be executed for her haircut in the time I believe. Uh, I um, don't think that's true, but she looks like a lesbian, and they would kill her for that. Lesbian? She doesn't look like a lesbian. She looks. She like... has a pixie cut. That's a dyke haircut. <laughs> well, now, but it wasn't then. Did did this... women cut their hair short then? Yeah, dude. This is this is. This story is supposed to take place like 500 years ago. More than that, even. 
There's like 1200. I know it's like because it's like in like seven or eight hundred AD, right? Yeah, it's old. Yeah, older than England. As yeah, a that's state. what's funny. People, people have a very weird impression of medieval times. Um, people don't really realize how different things were from like no. five hundred AD all the way through to like people lump together five hundred AD. Yeah. Or sorry, like 600 AD all the way up to like 16. the 1500s. Yeah, it's crazy. People acted like King Arthur had plate mail. Oh, no. Like, that's my favorite one is the art, like the misconceptions about like knights in the military and shit. Like plate armor wasn't a thing until like the 1400s. Yeah. And it was, and it didn't really last. And then long. it was like, it was like, quick. yeah, it didn't last long because they, they guns showed they up. They invented guns. <laughs> like, yo, people started putting... Yo, all these soldiers putting themselves in tin cans. We got to deal with that. How about this bomb that blows a hole through it? Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Problem solved. Thanks, China. Cook them. Whoa, whoa. Get ready to learn Chinese, buddy. That, yeah, literally. <laughs> You're like, whoa. Uh, whoa, uh, uh, Marco Polo, how'd you find this? He just speaks Mandarin. <laughs> what the? <laughs> what the? Yeah, yeah. Oh, big chili. Yeah, big chili. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I gotta put the big chilling sound in. in you the really soundboard. should. I should. Yeah, I'm gonna start working on that. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because there's such a misunderstanding of um, of medieval times, right? And like yeah. the actual time period that it takes place. This is set in like the Dark Ages, um, oh. at which you know nobody had those cool helmets. No, it was mostly just chainmail. And gambesons. Yeah, leather. Um, yeah, shit sucked. Shit was dark and nasty all the time. Uh, it blew ass. It was not the Renaissance, you know? And this is further proof. That's the other thing. Uh, Europe. Sorry. Entire backwater for like a thousand years. Literally. Yeah. Literally. Well, Thanks, Jesus. While, while Europeans were uh, eating mud and living in feces, uh, my people were building uh, floating lakes, dude. Floating floating islands on a massive lake. I was going to say floating lakes? Shut up. Float lakes? Floating islands and <laughs> lakes, dude. It's that rock. Yeah. It's cool. Or, or you know, I don't know who my people are. Lake, I'm like pretty pasty. So, like, I think I'm not. I'm pretty sure I'm European. Uh, um, well, you're Cuban. So, by yeah. Descendants. Yeah. I have, like, I have black people in my family, though. Like, in, that's cool. Like, like, directly related to me by, um, can you say it? Oh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> can you, okay, but can you say it? No. Um, my, uh, my my grandparents, one of my grandparents is. Um, Whoa. One of them is just really dark brown. Oh, yeah, I have you. a They're lot of that. They're not Afro-Latino, though. I'm pretty sure one of my grandparents is, though. Um, You're just like Sir Gowan. So true. Like, well, That's another thing. What is this brown guy doing here? What are you talking about? That's Related normal. to King Arthur? Yeah, that's normal. I know. <laughs> more, more. I feel like there was definitely somebody going, this is woke. Gowan was white. Oh, absolutely. Or whatever. There were absolutely people like, like oh my God, Dave Pat- Dev Patel? I can't imagine this. It's like, dude, <laughs> was, uh, there were brown people in the Middle Ages. Yeah, exactly. People think they didn't exist. <laughs> when like, 
the Islamic world was like so far ahead of Europe. It's not even funny. It's really not. Like it's obscene how much more advanced they were. The, the European Renaissance w- is impossible without the Islamic Golden the, Age having existed. Yeah, exactly. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm pulling up Big Chilling. <laughs> yeah, that, that rocks. Let's see. John Cena eats Big Chilling 1080p CC. Just hearing that play in the background. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So, were you surprised to learn that this was a Christmas movie? Um, I mean... I wasn't surprised. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's perfect. It's Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And it just kind of worked. <laughs> do you think it adds or adds to the uh, sort of. Do you think it adds to the film exactly? Or do you think it just could have been any other day? I feel like it does in such a way that like the actual point of Christmas beyond uh, shopping. <laughs> um, I feel like it lends itself to what the movie's trying to say. Yeah. Right, I get that feeling too. Like it just it works for it. Like if you think about Christmas and what Christmas means and what it's supposed to be, um, then I think it works really well. Like beyond the lens of our modern conception of Christmas. Sorry, hold on. Almost done with Big Chili. <laughs> It's the full clip. It's just the full the video. The full clip? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, it's... um. I think it adds to it. And overall, I think the whole... It kind of... Like, the movie's kind of drab. Is it? Looking... To me, oh, yeah, um, uh, for for a good for a good chunk of it, until he leaves, uh, what the fuck's it called? I don't know, Camelot. Yeah, um, and I think it kind of helps because it's like, oh, it's winter, you know. Yeah, that's fine. But David David Lowry, who the director and writer for The Green Knight, um, he often has this aesthetic that sort of. Uh, it's not dreamlike exactly so much as it's like very muted and fairy tale like, and that that's it. That's true for Peach Dragon and um, American Something, and and the recent Peter Pan and Wendy movie that he made. But I had also seen Peach Dragon before watching The Green Knight, so I was a little used to the sort of magical elements to the movie. Which is probably why, you know, I had a much different reaction to a lot of these things than you did. Right. Yeah, once it was done and we had a brief conversation and you were like, yeah, it's just magic. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. We see magic constantly throughout the movie. His mom. Yeah, like the entire movie. Yeah, his mom. Sub- the movie opens with magic and it ends with magic. Yeah. It rocks. And I, I love the approach to magic. It's. It seems uh, grounded doesn't. Uh, I, it's a lot more like real life magic, in that like, it's a it's a sense of will, right? It's cool magic. Yeah, it's it's dope magic. <laughs> this is the kind of magic that I like. Yeah, uh, where shit's weird, it's unpredictable, it's, it's dangerous, just kind of abstract and dangerous. Yeah, 
exactly. Yeah, there are strict rules of like, this is how I engage with this magic on a personal level for the characters, and that determines the outcome of the uses, you know. And I love it. Yeah, it's great. What's the what's the magic that it opens with? The the mom, the uh, Sir Gowan's mother summons the Green Knight. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. She casts a she casts a spell to summon him, and he just shows yep. up. It just materializes. Oh, and what's funny is she she wanted to rig it for for Gawain because she made him the sash. Yeah, which is which like, you know is part of the is part of a theme of like cowardice. Right. Um, like yeah, which is uh, totally unfair. Honestly, it's unfair to Gowan and to the Green Knight. Pretty much everyone involved. But, like, you know, parents are going to want to protect their children. Yeah. Because she, you know, she also, that's the thing is that I also get the sense that she was controlling King Arthur in the beginning as well. I think so, too. I got the same impression. Yeah. Like, willing him to ask Gawain to come sit next to him mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. I have that conversation. She's a witch, so. Which, yeah. Uh, you know, is also why I think. Arthur isn't the one to read the letter from the Green Knight, and instead it's Guinevere, whatever her name is. Guinevere, yeah, I think so. Guinevere, Guinevere. Yeah, I, I don't know. I actually, believe it or not, I don't know that much about Arth- Arthurian legends. I know kind of basic stuff. Yeah, me neither. I don't know jack shit about them, to be honest with yeah. you. Um, but because, like... Like for context, this entire movie, I'm like, how can I turn this into a D and D campaign? Of course, like the entire time, it's not a don't don't sigh at me. <laughs> it kind of works really well. There's actually a new game that I'm interested in trying that's entirely built around this kind of Arthurian myth. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I- it's called Mythic Bastion Land. Check it out. It's Kickstarter just closed. You can pre-order the book right now. Made by the guy who made uh, Into the Odd and Electric Bastion Land. Uh, you should check it out. It's good. Uh, shout out. I don't know if it's good yet. I haven't played it, but I'm sure it's good. Um, anyway, yeah, it's like I love when I love when we stop to shill about something. It always rocks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always fun. <laughs> it's my damn show. <laughs> Sponsor me. Um, <laughs> I um, yeah, I've I've done I've done like so for context. I I have played D and D for about ten years, and in the last year or so, yeah. I was like, I'm kind of bored of this fucking game. Um, this shit sucks because of a bunch of reasons. And then I learned that there's an entire like scene of people who are like, what if we made games that are fun? <laughs> and there's like a billion people making different games to fill different niches and just try unique shit. And I'm obsessed with all of them. In the past two months, I have bought three new games. Um, and... One of them is just a PDF because the physical book isn't available yet. But I think I mentioned this before. I have seven books in shipping coming to my seven house. Seven books? God damn. Between these three games, yeah. One of the games, I bought the starter set, which is a box that has two books in it. And then I bought two more books for it. And then for another... No, I actually have eight books, I think. So that's four from that one. And then for the second game, I bought the two rule books and two adventure books. So that's... Yeah, eight game, eight books that are coming. Insane. And the best part is, I have nobody to play them with. Oh, because all my players are D and D players, like modern D and D players. 
all these games are like old school games. One of them is literally a recreation of like first edition D and D. What the rules. hell? Um, it's awesome. It rocks because in that game you aren't a fucking superhero. You're a little loser who could die in one hit. Who's just a nasty little fucker trying to go into some cave and some dungeon for treasure, and it rocks. That's pretty real. If I walked into a cave, I'd probably, I'd probably die too. Yeah, like I was, I was playing a different game. I ran a one shot for a group of my players, and one of them died in one hit. I love one shot. They found a giant worm, and he rolled badly, and it ate him whole. He didn't even get a chance to that do rocks. anything. He didn't get to cut himself out like, uh, like, like Sharknado. Nope. <laughs> Ew. Ew. Yeah, Sharknado sucks. Re- oh, really? Yeah. Miss, I have zero taste. <laughs> <laughs> but the Green Knight is good. So. Yeah, I cooked you um, a little bit. I like. <laughs> um, I think yeah, the best way to approach it is good to go into this movie blind. Oh yeah, but I think you should also get it makes itself. You should watch. Uh, I watched this when I got COVID, and so I was I was pretty out of my mind when I was watching this. It was also really oh my late. god. So I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, that's a bad combo. It was a great combo. It made me fall in love with this movie. I, I don't suggest getting COVID, though. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, it really sucks. It's awful. <laughs> I don't have COVID now, but I'm fucked all the fucking way up right now, dog. I can tell. Ugh. <sighs> Ew. Is this like an Ah, uh, yucky. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get there. Um. <laughs> Right, so uh, the whole but watching the movie a second time with the context that there's just a lot of magic shit and it's yeah. real and normal, um, then you're like, oh, okay, it makes a lot more sense, personally. Yeah, that was that was me this time like, actually. I watched it again like yesterday, and that where... was the first time I watched the movie since I first seen it. Yeah, so it's been like two years. Oh jeez. Yeah. And I and I and yeah, that's like, the impressive part is that I actually remembered most of it. Yeah, I noticed cuz we were just talking about it. You hadn't seen it in 2 years. That's crazy. Yeah. It's cool. That's the that's the power, baby. <laughs> My superpower, yeah. memorizing stuff um, no one cares about. <laughs> exactly. Like the part where um the part to me that was the most or I guess the most kind of confusing until I was like, okay, this is just magic. Um, is there's a point in the film where Gawain is heading out on his quest to meet the Green Knight, is stopped and robbed by by Barry Barry Kyogen and the other shitheads. They steal his magic belt and his magic axe. Yeah, and he he struggles. He finds his way forward and eventually comes upon like there's this big clearing. And the camera turns around, and suddenly there's a fucking castle there. It's cool. And inside the castle, he goes to get help, and there's a lord and lady of the manor, and some fucking blind bitch, too. Yeah. I don't um, know what's up with her, and I never bothered to look it up. And I just want to brute force yeah, my interpretation on it. Exactly. <laughs> um, but he gets there, and this castle just shows up. Um, weird stuff happens, and then he leaves to go face the night. And the whole time I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? What? What? Is he, like, tripping? Is he tweaking? Oh, yeah, because he ate mushrooms. And then you were that. like, no, nah, it's just magic. Yeah. You're just, It's just magic. And I'm like, oh, 
Okay, I didn't even notice because of the mushroom. I didn't even think of the mushroom, to be honest with you. There was a cross dissolve between the mushrooms and uh, his not-girlfriends. Because they're not dating, which is the problem. Like Right. Which is the conversation he leaves off with her right before he goes on this ad- uh, adventure, quote-unquote. Right. Is that she's, like, <laughs> basically pouring her out, her heart out to him. And he's like, I don't know, man. Just kind of staring off. Yeah. Refusing to engage. Yeah. Yeah, as he's about to leave, uh, his his fuck buddy's yeah. like, "Hey, so like, can we like make it an official thing, please? Yeah, wh- I kind of love you." And he's like, "Damn, bitch, that's crazy." Yeah, he, he does like, not look at her at all during this conversation. Yeah, she has to it's pull not- his focus to her, and she's like talking to him, like talking for him. He's like, "Yes, my queen, you you have my hand and my heart and my and my soul or whatever." Yeah. And he is just nonverbal about it. Yeah. Alicia Vikander, dope. I'm so glad that she is doing good movies again after yeah. her Oscar win. Which one is that? Alicia Vikander? Yeah. She's she's the pixie cut. Okay, okay. I was making sure. I was making sure. I don't, when you tweeted about her, I wasn't sure if that was her or if that was the lady from the from the manor. Oh, the lady of the lake? No, that was uh. Yeah. The... No, no, not, not the lake. The the lady in the magic castle that shows up. Yeah, they're the they're both the played by Alicia Vikander. That's why he's confused when he sees her. He's like, "What the hell? Wait, what? Yes, it's they're both her. She's playing two characters. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Jesus. No fucking shit. Yeah. That completely changes everything. Yeah, the castle is meant to tempt him. It's a temptation. It's. I thought it was just because she was hot. Well, yeah, because she's hot, but that's why he's. It's a temp. It, she's a temptress in that other role. Not as his baby mama. <laughs> right, but like, it's meant to. Like, he sees her as his baby mama. Yeah. He sees her as a yeah. A-log. I totally missed that. Her fucking long hair and that just—I thought it was a different actress. You're insane. <laughs> How? I. How? <laughs> I straight up didn't notice. I had COVID That's and crazy. it was like three in the morning. I had like two hours of sleep, and I figured that the first time. That's crazy. Do you have like face blindness? So for context, folks, there's a point. Yeah, he has a he has a a, a person that he's bedding, um, back in Camelot. Yeah, who wants to like. You know, she wants to go steady. Like we were just saying, he kind of doesn't respond, that sort of thing. Um, and later he he gets to this magic castle when he's like dying. And there's this lord and this lady who run the place. And they like nurse him back to health. And she basically tempts him. Uh, that's where the cum shot comes from. Um, I'm pretty sure she's not real. And I, I, yeah, I don't, you don't think that they're real at all? No, I don't think she's real. I think she, because whenever she's seen... The other, the old lady who's blind is also seen. They're always in the same rooms together, and everything. But the the Lord talks to her though, and it's magic. Like he also sees her there. It's not like she's like a hallucination or anything. I don't. It's not that it's a hallucination. I think it's more a figment of the castle to trick him. I think that's the case for everything in the castle. Really, I don't think the Lord is real either. That's insane. Okay. Why? Because I feel like I feel like these things are real. In in the like, 
how do I, how do I explain this? Like, it's like Hercules. This is the best way I can describe it. Each of these things uh-huh. is a feat that he has to go through in order to become right. a full knight. And right. one of them is about his sort of, I guess, chastity. I don't know. His virtue. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. Sorry. I'm an idiot. I don't, I don't really care about that stuff. <laughs> I fuck. I don't give a shit. Okay. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so like um, these things materialize as a means of storytelling yeah and they're real they're just are moved around they're they're actors this is a play actually right but like the way i see it i think what's magic is the castle hmm. um the castle appears to gawain um and manifests the lord and the lady interesting to teach him this lesson that feels weird. And the way I could see it is that the the blind lady is the one who like controls the castle. Yeah, interesting. I never really thought about that. When I was watching it this time, though, I my main interpretation is that everything is in the green chapel. Everything. Yeah, the moment he crosses that battlefield, he's in the green chapel. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, you also big, didn't realize it was the same actress, so... Shut up, bitch. <laughs> a big part of, like, these sorts of myths and stories is the journey also. Yeah, that journey can still happen. I'm not saying it's all in his mind or anything. I'm saying that the Green Chapel is... It's the magic of the Green Chapel extends beyond the borders of the building. Oh, no, I definitely don't think so. Because it's that the world of Arthurian legend is very magical, this magic exists everywhere. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's obviously it, it depends, but in a, in a modern context, um, like I get my interpretation of the castle literally from my experience with D&D because D&D, <laughs> Probably like the, the castle worst in D&D, listen, fuck you. The, the castle feels very much like a D&D encounter. I w- and in that kind of manifestation, uh, this kind of this is something I've I've read and I've prepared before. The building is what's magical, and the manifestations within the building present themselves. Uh, they're specific to the character that interacts with them. In D anD D, it's different because it's always a group, and you know it's always <laughs> yeah. related to what they're doing. But um, that's a kind of thing that's it's a trope. It's a thing that's been around. Um, yeah, no, I guess magic building manifests and then presents to you a magical vision tailored to what you're experiencing and what you're going through because it it's yeah, magic. So it just knows what, what you're dealing with. Um, and in the same sense, this whole world is a very magical one. Um, I don't think the magic from the chapel has to extend. I think there's just magic everywhere and all magic, like, like the castle can magically sense what go what Gawain's doing and his journey and what he need, what lesson he needs to learn to manifest the Lord and the lady. Yeah. The, all the magic in the world can, can sense that um, the spirit of the lady in the lake can sense that of, of St. Winifred. She can sense that when, when he finds her there. And he um, asks her a question like a dumbass. He's like, if I get your skull, what will you do for me? And she's obviously pissed. <laughs> like, what are you fucking stupid? Yeah. She's like, are fuck? you, are you not learning your lessons here? Like what's going on, dude? 
that also not to keep making it a thing, but that also feels like a very D and D thing to happen. Like that's that insane. Is, that's an insane like, thing to say. But specifically because like like I get that vibe where like you present this this moral to the players and like this story and they're like, but what are you gonna do for me? And it's like, are you fucking serious? What's the point, idiot? Oh, I get. I don't know. Obviously, I don't um, play D anD D, so my engagement yeah, with should. these ideas in a sort of gamified way is not how I approach this stuff. Well, it's not that I'm gamifying it. It's that I'm, I'm more so referencing the stories I've told. Yeah, D&D. that it's have been not... gamified is what I'm saying. Like your your context is that these aspects of old legends and stories have been gamified. To what are you talking about? Is D anD D not a game? That's what I'm saying. Are you sure? But that's not that's not how I'm engaging with this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm saying you're no. Yeah, I know. I'm agreeing. I'm saying that I don't have this connection to through a game. Right is what I I mean. mean, It's not like, but I'm not treating it like it's through a game. It's more like it's through a story. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, but I didn't. (laughs) My (laughs) stop trying to make me look stupid. No, I'm not making you look stupid. I'm saying that I don't have the, I don't I don't have this approach because I wasn't introduced to these ideas through that. Right. Which is why I didn't I don't really interpret I don't have the same interpretations of some of these things. Right. Yeah, I I have I and this is also just a thing outside of D&D. I have a I have a very strong urge to explain things. <laughs> um cool. Like I want to know why like for me, as soon as the castle showed up, I started making these thoughts. Like, okay, what what part of this is magic? Is it the building? Is it that's the so people? Interesting. Like that's just where my mind went, and I very quickly came to the conclusion: okay, the blind lady's like a witch who controls the castle, and the castle can manifest <laughs> a vision tailored to, you know, what lesson you need to learn or what you need to succeed or or, or continue or whatever. It's so interesting, actually, that. Your approach to a lot of these challenges is that there has to be a reason to it. Yeah. And and I'm sure that also approaches to other explanations in your day-to-day life as well. It's like there has to be a a direct line of thought in from the beginning to the end result. Well, not necessarily. I think that's specifically in this because this is like this is an old myth. This has a moral. The whole story has a moral. So each part of the story logically to me is probably told in that way to get to that moral you know i disagree just like they're trying to teach godwin a lesson the movie's trying to teach you a lesson well i guess yeah i just it's an interesting approach because obviously we have different backgrounds you know yeah and in many in a lot of legends and in, in communities of mine <laughs> is they're not always moral. They're not always morals to the stories. Right. It's just simply a story. It's to entertain. For sure. And, you know, it's also interesting that like a thousand miles away, you have an entire pantheon of an amoral pantheon that exists in the Norse uh, myths and such that are telling very similar ideas as Arthurian legends. But like... Which, but that's why I kind of disagree about there necessarily being morals always attached to each of them. Like, what is the moral attached to the thieves? 
Well, do you Don't think the, I didn't anyone? think the thieves were magical? They're as much magic as Gowan is. They exist in this world. Right, like, but I didn't think they were like the castle or the Lady of the Lake. They're a challenge, but I thought that they were real scavengers who came in and stole well, his shit. Yeah. That's why these things are not mutually exclusive, is what I'm saying. No, but I'm saying like like you're like, what's the moral of of the thieves? Well, the thieves don't have to have a moral because they're not like a magically manifested thing. They're just something Godwin encountered on his way there. And I see it that way because um Barry Is that Keown, not part of the, the lesson though, is what I'm saying. From the storyteller's perspective, yes. From yeah. the people who are writing the movie, yes, or telling the story, yes. In the context of the story, no. Which is my point. Interesting. Um, I, outside of this, for example, my point with the castle was that that is both a lesson being taught in fiction, in universe, and outside it. The storyteller of the Arthurian legend, the person making the movie, and the the castle itself to the characters in the movie are all teaching a lesson. Um, with the thieves... A lesson is being taught, but only from the outside perspective. From the inside perspective, because I didn't see them as magical, um, that's just the thing he encountered. There is a lesson to be learned there, but they didn't appear as magical beings to teach him this lesson. Hmm. And I saw it that way because Barry Keown was cursed by the axe. Cursed? How was he cursed? He took it. He immediately felt compelled to go complete the quest, and he bailed on the others. And then he got. He ended up fucked up later. He got lost, and just like, I don't oh. know how... You know, he, he ended up fucked up later. Um, well, that but that also didn't happen too. So, yeah, which is a, still it, it, either way, he disappears. A, yeah, he disappears from the story because he's done. His character's done. Yes, but again, if if his if he was there deliberately to teach Godwin this, he would. I think it would have been presented differently because the way it's presented, the thief takes the axe, and you can tell he is suddenly like magically compelled the way his demeanor is the way he speaks what he says and his body language and his facial expressions he's clearly supposed to seem like oh something has charmed him he has been magically coerced into as he says completing godwin's quest for him i don't know like I, if you watch if you watch back the scene like no, if he I, had I taken what you're the saying axe, i just i if he had, think that's one interpretation yeah, I I necessarily seen it as him wanting to become a knight. It's him. It's that seeing... I just think it was it was too there was too much focus put on the way he suddenly, as soon as he picked up the axe, felt. The I, need I'm not to... disagreeing that there's a connection. I'm. I just think that. I don't know. It's it's certainly interesting to assume like, that he's been charmed, but I feel like there are other is, reasons to be. Compelled. This is also a D and D thing, though. <laughs> Because yeah. it's very tropey in fantasy for magic weapons to yeah, yeah, modern fantasy, yeah. Have yeah, to have some kind of trade off, some kind of curse, stuff like that. This weapon was magically bestowed upon Gawain and um, But he's not the only be- one that touches it though. That's the thing. Yes, but he's the one that touches it with ill intent. Hmm. He touches it to steal it. He picks it up to steal it or to kill Gawain with it, and then he's suddenly compelled to go fuck off. Yeah. Because he seeks to bring harm to its owner. The others, like, you can hold the axe just fine. And of He's course, not this the is owner, like. Though. I say, I was like the he Green was, he the was the owner until the meeting with the Green Knight. The Green Knight says, This is yours now. For a year. Yes. And, you were and the year was not up me. yet. The year was not up yet. So it was his. 
I guess. Magical contracts are very specific. Um, <laughs> I say this like, you know, like it's all real. Very D&D uh, explanations for a lot of this magic. It's just that it it fits. Um, and it makes sense within the context of the story. This it really makes sense to you, which is I don't very see why it doesn't. Like, it's not that it doesn't. It's because it's, so it's an as... abstract concept. It's not like there's a fixed way way that magic axes work. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's certainly an interesting perspective to take on this. What do you think about the axe and the thief? I think the thief. Well, I already I already did say that honestly that the entire venture is sort of a fabrication of the green knight, like on, on behalf of his mother. And that once he leaves Camelot, he officially enters the green chapel so much as the green chapel is the entire story. It's one, it's many, many loops because on it, I always interpreted the battle scene that he walks through is the previous loop that Gowan went through that we see later about him becoming a coward. He's seeing many of the lessons that he's going to have to learn by the end in order to become a green knight, the the proper knight. But I always interpreted the thief as a sort of, he wants better than to be a scavenger. He wants a better life. He wants to get paid. He He believes that he has the right attributes of a knight and that if Sir Gowan will will shy away from that title that he was given by him, by King Arthur or others, because everyone refers to him as a knight, which means, and you are so much as what role people assume you to be in a story. He has a knight as far as everyone's concerned. He just doesn't act knightly. And that I always, I always just seen that as this little stinker trying to usurp that story for himself. Not necessarily that he was charmed to complete this anything other than through self motivation. You know? Right. It's that my my interpretation of him being charmed is very specific to his body language. Yeah, um, and I'm thinking the way more he of a, like, acts, narrative aspect. It's just too sudden. Like he's swinging the axe around, he's having fun, he's threatening Gawain, and then suddenly he's like, uh, I gotta do this fucking quest. Bye. And then he just leaves. I don't know. It seems too sudden. Too. I don't like, think it seems that sudden at all, though. Which is which is like the the clear conflict of difference between this, these two interpretations of a self motivated thief to uh, to assume higher a higher caste of society. Than but if this is all the manifestation of the Green Knight for him, why why would the thief has have his own motivations? Because it's still a person. Much in, but he's not real in the sense that he's a real person. He's a manifestation of the Green Knight. What? In your interpretation, where these are all things that the Green Chapel presents to Gowan, he's yeah. real, but he's not real. He's not really a person. He doesn't have his own life outside of this journey. <laughs> to quote the... I don't know. Because, because those aren't mutually exclusive ideas. You can be real and also not, much in the way that Gwen, uh, what was her name? Winnevere? Winnevere or whatever? Winnevere. Like yeah, that. Winnevere is both a spirit and a guide. Oh, you mean the, the Lady of the Lake? That's Winifred. Yeah, Winifred. She's both dead and alive at the same time. They're not... In the, in the cases of magic, you can be motivated to do other things. 
even if you have a self motivation beyond that. Right. You know. But then he's being then he's being charmed. That, no, that's different. <laughs> I don't see how. Because <laughs> I'm not saying that the, the axe is charming him. Exactly. No, I'm saying I, in general. You're like what you're implying sounds like he's being charmed into this story if he exists outside of it. Because you're his charm. What's being charmed on him is wanting more, <laughs> which is different. It's a social motivation. He wants to not have you. to ravage in a battlefield. Right. Yeah. My point was just that, like, if your statement that, like, the battlefield is a manifestation of the other visions that he had later, and everything outside of Camelot is the magic of the Green Chapel. Yeah. Then, like, that just doesn't make sense to me where, like, the the Green Chapel would magically present this lesson to Gawain, and then, like, the person in this lesson exists outside of it. Like what, it what? presented this to Gawain to teach him this lesson, so it's uh, there no, exclusively okay. to serve that purpose. I didn't say there was a lesson attached to him. I asked you a question about that because you, because of your interpretation of a lot mm-hmm. of these events, is that there's a lesson to be learned. Right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Not all magic has lessons. Not all magic has strict contracts. Not all magic oh, for is sure. hard. No, I know. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying in this case, it it is. And I'm disagreeing. I don't think there's a lesson to learn from the thieves. So Die. much as <laughs> I think, I think there is. I think that's like the whole point. I think yeah, it's the should, whole point of Gollum's entire journey. More. He should give more. That's the only lesson to learn from the thieves. It's for Sir Gawain. He needs to be more generous. Because that's sure. exact. Yeah, that's what. That's literally what the thief tells him is that it wasn't enough. Yeah. When he does the little magic trick. Yeah. Yeah. There's his lesson. Yeah, but I don't know. I just... I don't always agree that magic has reasons. Magic is weird. No, for sure. Especially in this sense. I just think that, like, in this particular story, it's like I said, part of it ties into the intention of the story. This is a story being told to teach a lesson. So, like, in the in the context of, like, the fiction, sure, you could very yeah. easily argue that not all this magic is teaching him a lesson because the whole world is magical and it just exists. He just happened upon it as he was going. But this is still a story written by real people to teach a real lesson. And with that intent behind it, I think that all of the parts of the story, all the challenges Godwin encounters are lessons being taught to him. And yeah. by extension to the reader slash viewer. Yes. These are. I think this is the most intellectual conversation we've had about a movie since we started this rocks. Yeah. Good for us. The okay, so I'm recognizing what the what the problem here is is that we're talking past oh, each other because I am, I was specifically talking about the in universe positions of the characters, and you're right. asking yeah, about yeah. meta fiction of the of the narratives. Right. And, and yeah, I was like, those are different things. And I wasn't talking. No, about absolutely. I just think that, yeah, that's why I specifically said that in this case, I just feel like that matters. Like that's important to consider when analyzing this story. 
is the metaphor. Yeah, the, the story as a being... whole, but on in this. But particular... I, I do also think in universe <laughs> that he is being taught a lesson by this. Absolutely. That's why I to see be the castle the way I do. To, the yeah. first lesson of being a knight is to be generous. Yeah. Generous the of yourself. The second one is no pussy. What? <laughs> the, the, the second one is no pussy. Oh, I don't know about that, but yeah. Chastity. Is that what that is? Uh, I think it's what about... What did you think the lesson was of the of the castle? Not, not the castle. That's not the next place he visits. He visits Winifred. Right, 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 right. Sorry. The, the third the... lesson was no pussy. <laughs> That's not even the third lesson either. What the fuck? Yeah, what the third thinking? lesson is the fox. Really? Yes. Oh. It's to be kind. I didn't see that that way. It's, yeah. The fox is... Uh, what do you mean? How? It just wasn't a big stopping point. He just kind of let the fox in and they just went on. Yes, but they make a point to show that he has to accept. His first reaction to seeing the fox is to try and shoo it away. Right? But right. You, have to, you have to be accepting of animals and... It's about life, like in an ecosystem sense. You have to accept that life, you are part of that cycle. You are part of the ecosystem, the biosphere, in every sense of the word. You're not a part of, you're not above it or unconnected to it. Which is, I think, what the lesson is to that, is that he has to cherish life. He has to protect and cherish life in every sense. That's what the lesson is with the fox, to the viewer as well. Right. And with Winifred, it's about... Um, hold on. Wait, hold on. Child emergency. Give me one second. Okay. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? It's, uh, it's me, Ignacio. As I try and wrangle my very complicated feelings about this movie. You know, kind of hard to do. <laughs> Especially when you've only seen it twice. And I don't know. It's a great movie, actually. I think it's probably one of the best and will hold up as one of the best for the 2020s. Despite how early into the decade it is. But I don't know. Who am I? <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been getting really into uh, like theater stuff lately and I hate that I've, I've gotten this. Because... Um, I've been watching a lot of Star Kid musicals, actually, you know, and this might seem controversial, but I actually really do like Black Friday. And I do want to admit that I found I I knew of Star Kid already, but I got back into Star Kid, I guess, um, through Angela Giratana from Smosh. And I was like, oh, she did other stuff. So I want to go check that out. So I did. And. I really like Black Friday. I genuinely love Lex, and I haven't been able to stop listening to any of the songs from either Black Friday or Nerdy Prudes Must Die. Um, pretty much since. Yeah. And they rock, and I think they're very interesting ways of telling a multiverse story. And they're nihilistic, and diff- they're optimistic and nihilistic in different ways as compared to the sort of like nihilism of the MCU or DCEU, 
which yeah are nihilistic in a like in a meta way of like yeah this is the end point of cinema in much the same way that like other things might have been told as the end point of culture did you keep talking yeah i kept talking okay i was like i hope you did i hope you heard me when i said i'd be right back <laughs> no i did i mean okay, i was okay. talking about something else though so that's fair yeah. okay continue with winifred what were you saying uh Sorry, I was talking about Star Kid. I don't. Uh, what was it? Oh, about Star uh, Kid. Yeah. Oh my God. Shut up. Is it Nerdy Prudes Must Die? No, actually, Black Friday. But yes, Nerdy. Prudes I saw must you die. watch Nerdy Prudes Must Die. Huh? huh? Yeah, I, I watched you, both. I of saw them, you actually. log Nerdy Prudes Must Die. I didn't know that that was loggable. I would have logged that. I watched that recently. Yeah, log them. Log them up. We gotta. Oh God, she's gonna be so excited. We gotta. We gotta talk about Star Kid stuff on here at some point. Yeah, we should actually. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> about Winifred. Sorry, continue. The what do you call that exactly? I don't know what that is. What? When you do stuff and you you expect nothing in return. There's a word for that. That type of um, Bro, it's Christmas. It's goodness for goodness sake. Okay, well that. I was like cuz I do that constantly. That's the that should be really the biggest takeaway from this. This film is that the most important lesson Christmas and other Christmas tales like Christmas Carol teach you is that you should be good and you should good you should give good out of the goodness of your heart, not for right. anything in return. Like right. for instance, becoming king, you know, becoming all powerful and all that. Yeah. And being a coward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the lesson with um with Winifred. Yeah. And largely the lesson. Getting her, getting her head just because she asked, not because she's going to give you something. Yeah. You should, yeah, do do good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That part seems so very straightforward of what it's trying to, com- like, trying to teach everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. It's trying to teach you to be a knight, bro. Yeah. That's the lessons. Yeah. Top five lessons to become a knight. Be Quick, good, easy, be tips. generous. No pushing. King Arthur hates these. <laughs> <laughs> King Arthur hates these. Yeah. Oh God. Oh yeah, because kings hate him. Because Sir Gawain begins this journey because out of vanity, and that's entirely yeah. what we see in his vision at the end of the movie. Yeah. Cool. Look at that. We're making connections. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I think it's like, again, the 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 wacky magic can kind of catch you off guard, but once you just accept it, it becomes a very clear and concise message, I think. The interpretations of the specifics can vary wildly, but I think what you get out of the movie is pretty universal. I think. Oh, yeah. I, I think Which we definitely makes it a perfect Christmas movie. I love Christmas. This is my favorite Christmas movie, actually. Real. Yeah. What's funny is right after, right after we, I saw this or like a day after, uh, Josh Sawyer tweeted that he was rewatching it for Christmas. Yeah, I was like, "Yo, just like me." <laughs> Not Josh Sawyer. <laughs> I love Josh Sawyer. What did he do? He's a uh, he's a uh, studio design director at Obsidian. No, something good actually. What? What else did he do? Um, he was the director on Fallout New Vegas. Um, no, other than that, and on Pentiment. 
What the hell is Pentiment? An amazing game that you need to play. I don't think I'll play that. Dude, it's really good. Genuinely, Wait, shout out Pentiment. Everyone should play it. It is a historical game set in an abbey in an abbey and Ugh. an abbey town in uh, medieval in the HRE and in, in I don't know or I don't know exactly where, but in the Holy Roman Empire. Um, in the That's like all of Middle Europe, though. Exactly, hell? it's one of you know. Sorry, geez, one of the Germanic countries of the HRE. Um, in like the 1400s, I believe, it's all done in the style of like medieval artwork and manuscripts. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, you play a journeyman artist. Very cool from like a like an aesthetic standpoint. It does not look like it's something that would interest me though. It's really fun but though. More power to everyone that does. I don't want to deny them their fun. It's just it's really cool and it's very thoughtful. I think there's a you play. It's like a murder mystery. Somebody gets murdered at the Abbey and you have to help solve it. Um, oh, cool. And it goes on over a long period of time. Uh, and you like, you know, you go around the town interacting with the townspeople and, and piecing this together and learning the town's history and stuff. And there's a lot of really cool, thoughtful conversations and interesting stuff that's discussed and interesting themes and stuff to the whole thing that I think are really are really good. Um, and more games like that should exist, personally. Uh, shout out Pentiment. More Everybody should play Pentiment. Um, huh? I was, I was shouting it out again. Everybody oh. should play Pentiment, I think. What the fuck was I saying before I even brought that up? Um, right, yeah, just he's he's also he's done a lot of games in his career. He's been in the game industry since like the nineties. Yeah, most people have. True. Who are like directors? You know? Right. Yeah, they, they've been in there a long ass time. Yeah. <laughs> you good? Yeah. You go? <laughs> I just do that sometimes to uh uh. I got a lot of issues, dude. Real, real fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, and I will get none of them diagnosed ever. Exactly. Because... That's right. Fuck it. Yeah. Who needs it? Well, the... Only if I get bad. Yeah. But as far as I can tell, I'm, I'm, per... I'm, I'm functioning. Exactly. So this is good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh. Uh. Because we hardly ever end up talking about this. What did you think of the production design? Um, can you just so I have a clear concept? Uh, can you explain what that means? Uh, it usually entails like the sets and the decorations in the sets and stuff, and like the costume sort of, design and stuff. Uh, that's related, yeah. Okay, um, I thought it was really cool. Just, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, I thought it really puts you in that world really well. Um, like I said, it's a little drab in Camelot. Um. Which feels a little odd. I don't know because you know the the casual viewer's interpretation of what Camelot is feels like it shouldn't be this drab ass place. But I mean, it is because it's a city in the Dark Ages, um, so it makes sense. But was I thought Camelot it was even real, huh? I said, was Camelot even real? I don't think so. No, I also oh. also King Arthur isn't real. Sorry, question is yeah, he's an amalgamation of several English kings from around the time yeah. period built What's into up? legend um is the old guy merlin old guy the old, old guy, guy with the like the things under his eyes that like checks that like you know king arthur looks to him and he like shakes his head when the green knight shows oh. up or he tests no. the baby in the vision no no huh. i mean the i didn't think that those were the same character 
I thought the second one might have been just no, no, they were the okay, same. So... They have the same markings on their eyes and everything. Oh, that doesn't mean anything. Um, it does. It was the same character, bro. It was the same person. I didn't because that last part when, I didn't interpret as anything but him taking responsibility for the child. No, yes, but because, I'm saying that Gawain takes over, and so he takes over the cabinet, and Merlin is like immortal. So cabinet, it's the round table. You know what I fucking mean. I just interpret him as another knight, one of the other knights. But he had of the he had powers. So does King Arthur. Okay, like, but like most of the knights don't have magic. We don't see anything. He was very knights. clearly separated. He was very clearly magical. He when the Green Knight shows he up, just... Arthur looks to him, basically, and basically is like, "Hey, scan him," and he's like, "Uh, uh-uh. like, <laughs> him. like he gets an interpret. He reads him in a magical sense, and he fits the trope of Merlin being an old guy with a beard." This is very interesting. I didn't. I didn't think about that at all. It was very brief because, because he doesn't really matter to the overall story. No, I I know the it was scene mostly you're talking about. yeah. It was mostly a thing where I'm like, oh, that's probably Merlin because Merlin's a famous part of King Arthur, you know. Yeah, I just that thought never crossed my mind because I just thought that he was he Arthur looked at him because he was like, do you know this dude? Yeah, and but he, but he, he, he was singled no. out. Like none of the other knights were looked to in that way, and later. When they had the baby in the vision of, of Coward Gawain, the, the old guy comes up and, you know, runs his finger along the baby's forehead and turns around and is basically, basically gives the, the thumbs down on the baby or whatever, on the, on the mother. Yeah, that's not how I interpreted that. I'm pretty sure he's a wizard. That's where it went. I mean, he could be. I just don't think it matters. No, it doesn't. I was just curious. <laughs> if you I know, I know. <laughs> I just, he really does not matter I, at all. I don't I don't think about Merlin. I don't think Merlin is that interesting of an idea to me, honestly. Me neither. So again, it was just like, like oh look, it's Merlin, oh like kind of thing. Oh, I'm not I didn't do that Marvel yell. I mean I like I didn't care, but I'm I saying mean, like neither did you, but still yeah. <laughs> like did he see I that wasn't way? I wasn't looking because this is Sir Gowan's story. I I wasn't looking for it though. I just noticed it. That's just the thing I know about King Arthur, and I was like, Oh, that old guy who's clearly magical, that's probably Merlin. Anyway. Okay, but the, yeah, but <laughs> this is another interesting thing about our interpretations of the movie is I didn't interpret him as being any more magic than anyone else. It's that he was he was singled out. I it just, seems deliberate, and then he returns to have a similar role later in the vision with Gawain. Mm. When Gawain becomes king, this no, this get, old guy who, I, if it's Merlin, is an immortal wizard, becomes yeah, his his like right hand or whatever for this kind of thing. Yes, I'm not disagreeing on any of this. I'm saying I'm just simply never had this interpretation. Right, and these ideas never crossed my mind. Fair, because everybody's magic. That's fair. Everybody has a sense of of this stuff. But like I don't know. I it's I also didn't think that they were the same characters. But that, that was I me. don't know how how you how you don't see that. Because he's just one of the other court wizards. He's just a court wizard. He looks exactly the same. There are know. no other court wizards when Arthur is in power. He's the only one. Yeah, but not when Gowan is in power, is what I'm saying. He's one of many people dressed like that. 
in that room. Sure, Which but he's the only one didn't... who looks like that. What? No, there's an old guy the with the markings boat. on his face. Oh, I guess. I just, mm, I never really thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> the sigh, the long sigh. Yeah. Maybe my focus was too much on Gowan. I don't know. I mean, that's fair. He, it, the movie is about him. Yeah. The legend is his. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, Sir Gowan and the Green Knight is the most famous Arthurian legend, which I didn't know. That's funny. Yeah, I had no idea either. Shouts out to, shouts out to nephews everywhere. I just seen mine Re- yesterday. Real from uncles and aunts to nephews and nieces out there. Shouts out to nephews. Yeah. Shouts out. <laughs> um, but yeah. So you, you know what? Everyone should watch this movie. And come to your conclusions. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah, let us know. Tweet at me. In the, in the comments below. And I'll, I'll um, argue with you about it. It's okay. This has been Markiplier. <laughs> um, I don't fucking know. You should uh, add the Markiplier I'm, music. I'm, I'm t- you're right. Oh, Absolutely. I'm too sick to do this That bit. clown-ass music, dude. That's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. I love him, though, but it's so bad. Um, Who doesn't? <laughs> You should go, we should have said this at the beginning, but you should watch this movie blind, and then you should listen to us and then watch it again and tell us what you think. Yeah, actually. And we're getting better at this, guys. Look at that, we actually discussed the movie the whole runtime. Huh? We discussed the movie the whole runtime, pretty much. Yes, actually. We did it, let's go. Hello. We did it, guys. Let's go. Almost like the minute you were gone, I was talking about Star Trek. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, thank you guys. Oh, actually, oh, yeah. uh, sorry. Um, I, uh, what I found very interesting was there's this sort of it's about the different forms of magic in the movie because there's the King Arthur's magic, which is through the church, and then there was the magic of the earth as through the mother. Did you find right. that interesting in any way? Is... I maybe that's why I didn't consider him magical because that's that's divinity. I well, that's which the is thing. funny it's, because I, I should I don't view those as different things because I because I because all my shit's coming from D and D. That's funny. I should see it yeah. as magical because in D and D that is a clear distinction. There is arcane, natural like earth based magic, and, um, and divine magic. But I don't know. I see like in this Christian world or whatever i saw it just as divinity Um, this is so weird because like obviously i'm i have i'm not catholic exactly but i have a catholic upbringing and i should have seen well yeah um i mean but you can still have an upbringing (laughs) i wasn't really brought up religious though very interesting neither was i but i find religion very interesting it's worth looking into to see connections make 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 your art richer same yeah um but i did i did think it was very interesting of like showing that the sort of divine magic quote-unquote of god is not that effective in the realm of the magics of the earth right which is a common thing in these kinds of stories like as mortal men we are weak to this kind of thing and to the whims of the natural world god can only protect us so much you know um Hmm. And I don't the, know. The, I just the divinity I placed it... upon certain ones of us protects us more, but does not make us infallible. 
Arthur can still die and does still die eventually of old age, you know? Um, it's not... Divinity isn't power. Magic from divinity isn't power. Um, if, you know, obviously in the in the correct use of it, because, you know, in the real world, if it was real, people would just use it for power. That's divine right of kings and all that. But it's not meant to be power. It's meant to be closeness to God and protection. Um, and it's, it's, it's like a moral kind of magic. Magic from the earth doesn't have morals. It's just magic. Yeah. That's why I don't see That's... the divinity as magic, because magic is wild and random and unpredictable and chaotic and dangerous. Divinity is very strict. It's divine, you know? Not really, but Whatever, it's certainly bitch. interesting. Early, A lot of early Christianity was not like modern Christianity is. Well, I'm, I I only have modern to go off of. I'm not that smart. Yeah, like, but but it is interesting that... Yeah. Yeah, Tweet I don't about know. It. I just... I thought it was a cool aspect of the movie that... For sure. I feel... I agree with you. It, yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, guys. We, we did, did it. it. One hour, 15-minute discussion. About one hour of it was actual discussion. Real. Yeah. Smart. Intellectual. Tell us what you think. Comment and subscribe. Follow below. Donate. Yeah, guys. We don't have any means to take your money. Um, yeah, buy me but... something for Christmas. It's late, but you can still do it. That's um, right. <laughs> that's right. Um, and I'm gonna play us out. Um, thank you so much for thank you so much for listening um, and enjoying the show. We'll be back uh, next week with another movie. I don't know what yet. Um, we never really know. We never know. We kind of decide in the moment. Um, yeah. Have a good, have a happy, happy holidays. Happy new year. If you're listening to this when it comes out, um, love you. Uh, <laughs> bye guys. Bye. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>